Well, in conclusion, how do you sum up 21 years of preaching and being church and community together? Uh, A thousand church services, communion services, ministry, uh, the journey that we've had together. I feel like our work here for the final three weeks needs to be remind us to remind us all of the work that's before us. In a way, um, I have nothing new to say. As the uh, hymnist wrote about the Lord, uh, what more can he say than to you he hath said? Uh, I've said it for 21 years. But in conclusion, I want us to think about three things. Welcome change. Trust love. Face forward. So welcoming change. This would seem to be an unnecessary topic in a progressive change agent church like Highland Baptist has been for the last 20 years. But if you've been around for the 20 years and you've can look back at all the changes we've made, you also know that it didn't come without an enormous cost and without a lot of fear and trembling. There was, it wasn't easy. Humans resist change, right? We humans resist change. From From the time we're born, we resist change. We don't want our diaper changed. We don't want our diet changed. We don't want our rhythms changed or our habits. We don't want our role in the family to change. We resist change when it comes to things we love. Our pets, places, our homes, our church, people in our lives, teachers, parents, pastors who have been significant to us, that give us comfort we resist the change. And of course, we, re- we all resist the change that's required when one grows older, when one begins to slow down, when one's life begins to kind of shrink in a little bit. And we're all prone to resist that final change that we must all go through, and that is death. Forgetting, perhaps, that Death is but a birth into something new, that every change invites something new to be born. That's what I want us to think about today. To notice how change, whether you consider it a good change or a bad change, how often the point of change, that season of life, becomes the time in your life and mine when God has had an opportunity to break in And shift who we are and adjust who we are to be more of what God dreams for us to be. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. And it's not always obvious. But I want to say one more time how deeply I believe in God. The force of love that brings everything into being and that unites everything in the end. This God wants us to welcome change. Sometimes the changes come in the most unexpected ways. This week, Renee and I were at a coffee shop when the woman next to us 
knocked her coffee all over the place. She was one of those people who camps out in a coffee shop. She's got her, not only her computer, but her iPad and laptop and her books. And she was all there working and doing her thing when she must have reached for something and the whole thing just fell over and made a loud noise and it went everywhere. We offered our napkins and tried to go, you know, tried to uh, minimize it, but she was having nothing of it. She was embarrassed. She was mad. And she got up to get a cloth from the counter to wipe it all up. And when she did, she ran into a friend that she'd not seen for three years. There was this loud squeal and then this welcome. And these two people who hadn't seen each other in years fell into each other's arms. It was a really beautiful and glad reunion. And me, not being the kind of person who keeps my thoughts to myself, (laughs) couldn't help but say to her as she finally returned to her table, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't spilled your coffee. Sometimes it's the unwelcome changes that give birth to something new. Let me be clear. I don't think God knocked over the coffee, okay? (laughs) God's not in the coffee-knocking business. God's in the business of working all things for good. It's a line that many of us have struggled with over the years. When bad things have happened to us, God can work all things for the good for those who love God. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 28. Do you believe it? Is it possible that God can invite us to welcome change, even unwelcome change, to see what God could do? It's been 23 years since Highland last looked for a pastor. It was 1995 when Phil Christopher resigned from this church, and the church, as happens, formed a search committee and began the search all around the country. They found a candidate in Oklahoma named Phil Christopher. They found, after Phil Christopher, who was from uh, Oklahoma, they found a candidate from Louisiana, a fine candidate. They brought him up for the weekend. They interviewed, and the church voted. And the majority of the church voted Yes, but there was a minority of the church who felt that even though this was a good man, he's a very, very good man, that they felt he wasn't quite the pastor that Highland needed at that particular time and place, and so they voted no, and when the votes were counted, the candidate had just a few votes less than were required by our bylaws to call him as pastor. It was a dark time. There was anger. There was frustration. There was confusion. There was the sense that we've, we've done all this work, and now here we are back to square one, and people were mad at each other. 1996 also happened to be the time that, <clears throat> after 12 years of serving as pastor in a church that I founded in Austin, Texas, I began to sense in me that, I needed to go, that this church couldn't thrive until I moved out as its senior pastor. And they found their own legs to be the church together. If if I had been approached by Highland in 1995, 
I would not have even considered it. It wasn't time for me to go. But one year later, I talked to a friend of mine named Phil Hornbuckle. Now, with a name like Hornbuckle, you know he's got to be good. He was, he's my dear friend, and he happens to be the brother-in-law of Doris Hornbuckle, who had been on the committee, the previous committee, looking for a pastor. He gave her my name. She gave it to the new committee. And, well, here I am 21 years later. But it wasn't automatic. It wasn't easy. Because I didn't know if I could be a pastor to a church like this. And you didn't know if you wanted me to be your pastor. We had to sort of check each other out. It was sort of like dating or flirting or something. We had to see, are you the one? Is this the right place? I just want to point out that 21 years later, as we celebrate this era together of Highland seeing and living and appropriating the gospel, let's remember it wouldn't have happened if someone hadn't knocked over the coffee. If someone hadn't voted no, if the church hadn't gone through that most unwelcome time, we wouldn't be here today. What I'm saying is that God works all things, even change, for good. It's the gospel. It's the biblical story from the story of Adam and Eve all the way up. It's a story of how God takes change and works it for good. When Adam and Eve fall from grace, God comes and picks them up and makes them clothing and moves them on their way. It's the story of God's harmonious and redemptive purposes from the very beginning. And it's so beautifully seen in the Epiphany story, the story of the wise men. Mary and Joseph, this young couple with a baby, had to say yes to the invitation of God to be the bearers of the Holy One into the world, knowing that this change would make a profound difference in their life. They were going to have shepherds and, and animals and, and angels at the, in the delivery room. And, and here a year later, they're going to have these strange men from another country who don't speak their language, who don't dress like them, who come with these weird baby gifts. I mean, who brings gold, frankincense, and myrrh to a baby shower? It's like the kid who brought bed sheets and the toy story. Who invited this guy? You know, what, what was these guys? But they trusted The one in the story who didn't trust was King Herod. Go tell me where he is so I can go worship him. Tell me the exact time of when it happened, just so I can know. And he takes that information and he tries because he's afraid. He tries to snuff out this new king of the Jews. The Magi. They said yes. Mary and Joseph said yes to change. And the one I love who said yes to change is the gospel writer himself, Matthew. He's the guy behind the words. We don't think of him much. He's the storyteller. But think about it. He's this Jewish-oriented guy who spends all of chapter 1 getting Jesus' bona fides lined up. He's born to this person and that person and that person, showing all of his family history of how he's the Son of God, the Savior of the world. But in the very next chapter, 
He completely turns his back on all that and tells the crazy story. He's the only one of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John who tell this crazy story of wise men. People from another country and another religion centering around this Christ child. And they don't stay. They go back home. Matthew was able to make that jump. And thanks be to God that he did because this story reminds us that the gospel is always bigger and more beautiful and more inclusive than we have ever dreamed it to be. So in conclusion, welcome change, even this change. People ask me how I'm feeling. I feel awful. I feel excited and sad and anxious and relieved, and I'm just a ball of emotions right now. But I'm choosing, and I invite you to choose, to welcome change. Because behind every change and within every change, within every broken place, every broken heart, every broken promise, every broken dream, within every horror and terror, within every natural disaster, is the gospel that works all things for good for those who love the mystery and energy of life revealed in God's Son, Jesus, in whose name we worship. Amen. Nothing speaks to the transformative power of God to take bad and bring good from it than does the death, the assassination, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. And so we come around this table not just to remember 2,000 years ago, but to remember the living presence of the one whom God raised from the dead to show us to welcome change, for God is never done. All are welcome at this table. Let's prepare to come to it now. Would you stand with me, turn to strangers and friends around you, and say these words, may the peace of Christ be with you and also with you.